With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, with sports betting season in full force with football here, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BETUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1 800 69 BetUS. That is 800 MyBetUS. You receive 125% sign up bonus by using bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known among America's favorite sportsbook for lots of reasons. Bet on team and player props, loads of NFL futures, UFC matches, PGA golf, live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games. The race books has all the horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable. Follow my lead and get your phone, online, and sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS, you you bet. You win. You get paid. Bet U.S. In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Southern Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. We should all be fully aware Nick Saban does have a defensive ace still to play. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Wednesday. Hope you're having a great day no matter where you are. And Alabama's pass rush is still big time. And that can make up for any other defensive shortcomings. Uh, Here is the truth. The tied defense this season, and I'm talking window to the wall, all right? The tied defense, when measured against tied defenses, it's not up to Tuscaloosa snuff. That's, that's absolutely the truth. However, if you are going to be, to be deficient, or at least by your own measuring sticks, you're going to be deficient in various areas of defense, you, you do have a little bit of a berth there. You do have a little bit of an allowance. What I mean is if you are, let's just say, above average, because Alabama, they've had some stretches this year. Now, the second half against Florida, that's longer than a stretch. Um, There were some times, despite what the score was, that Ole Miss was, you know, they were humming right along. Just they didn't get points, and that's what matters. 
Um, but but whatever. There have been some stretches where the Alabama defense has been average to above average to below average, just in that sort of window from, let's say, 40 to 60. They've just been right there average in some ways, whether it's run defense, run fits, stepping up, filling the hole, whatever. Uh, covering on the back end, um, a diagnosis, uh, trailing the play, chasing the play, taking correct angles, getting your head across, uh, not arm tackling. There's so much that Alabama, the, the players, the individual players, they can do so much right, and then there's a breakdown or two or somebody playing maybe ahead of when they're supposed to, and, uh, well, we're out of position. Oh, that's a touchdown. But – if you're going to be able to do any one thing on defense that can result in a title, it's hit the quarterback. And Alabama still does that. Currently, third in the conference in sacks. Only two behind Odd Job and Darth Vader and Mike Myers and the rest of that bunch in Athens. And watching the Mississippi State game again from two Saturdays back, I was having a flashback. To not just one game, but to Bama versus Arkansas from several seasons ago. And I'm seeing the same thing now. And I was not even watching the, the Mississippi State game again, specifically for the Bama pass rush. But that's what I wound up watching for. Bama is good enough to win with a great rush and being above average most other ways. If you were watching what they did to poor Will Rogers um, several uh, two Saturdays ago, uh, he had a fine enough game. I want to say his stats were 30 for 55 with uh, no touchdowns and three interceptions, I think it was. And um, you think hey, 30 for 55 and look at the yardage and then you're like, oh, with the turnovers. Turnover, one turnover wipes away so much of the positives. But then there were the hits. And I'm going to – I mean, you're still out on the field, and if your coach is sending you on the field, what I'm assuming is that you are healthy enough to play. Now, healthy enough. What's that phrase, you know, the, the biggest the, – the biggest dividing line in sports, you got to know the difference between pain and injury. And is that cliche? Well, sure it is, but it's also accurate. So, so if you're looking at Alabama right now and you're thinking about their, their championship hopes, I would look at the game from Mississippi State two weeks ago to show you what is, what is uh, possible. Because Will Rogers that day, I assume he was playing with pain. I know he wasn't right. And that's a very non-specific, non-medical term that everybody completely understands what I'm saying. Yeah, that kid's right shoulder. It, it wasn't right. And he took a hit early in the game, and then he took two more hits, and then he just kept taking hits. And what you saw was a kid who kept dropping back and kept flinging and, honestly, kept piling up a lot of completions. Didn't equal points, and it didn't change the game, and it just set him up in the pocket. There were 55 additional opportunities for him to get hit. And so it was, I mean, just blitzing out of the skyboxes, just pressure on Will Rogers all day long, and they hit that kid, and they hit that kid, and they hit that kid. And I was having a flashback to several seasons back, and I went and actually found it, okay? I went and looked. There was a three-season stretch of Alabama versus Arkansas where – if if you go way back in the day when you still had a freshman team and you still had a JV team and, you know, whatever else, um, you would still letter or not 
Now you're on the team and you get a letter. But you had to appear, I think the number in a lot of places, like you had to appear in either three or four, quote, varsity games because you had games that weren't. You had some. You had two or three or four. You know, sometimes you had a full schedule. I remember growing up um, down at Bobby Dodd Stadium in, uh, in downtown Atlanta every year. Uh, a lot of times it was on Thanksgiving morning, and they hadn't done this in probably 35 years, 30 years at least. The bull pups and the baby jackets, they would play the freshman teams from Georgia and Georgia Tech would play on Thanksgiving morning at uh, at Georgia Tech. I think that's where it was every year. And they donate all the money to a children's hospital. Uh, we don't have freshman teams anymore. And so if we go back, um, this was the Arkansas game. It was almost like the opportunity to let a bunch of guys on defense letter. Now, I will give you the three-year run here. In 11, 12, and 13, Alabama – now, when they played Arkansas in 2011, that was the only loss Arkansas wound up getting until they played LSU um, the last week of the season. But early in – that was a real – that was Ryan – that was supposed to be. I remember that was Bobby Petrino coming in. He got Ryan Mallett down from Michigan, and boom, they're off and flying. Well, 2011, they got Tyler Wilson at quarterback, and he was a really good quarterback, and he wound up a you know, bunch of yards, bunch of points, touchdowns. He's in the NFL with the Raiders for a minute and maybe a couple of other teams, but, but he had a jersey and good for him. So Tyler Wilson's the Arkansas quarterback in 2011. Bama wins 38-14. to The next two years, Alabama beats Arkansas 52 to nothing both seasons. And after the first year with Tyler Wilson, again, that was 38-14. to 14, And you're thinking, yeah, it's a beatdown. But uh, they kind of in it. They probably made some plays. No, Tyler Wilson took a beating. It's like seven or eight members of the Alabama defense stepped across the line, the line of scrimmage with a lead pole and just started hitting the kid. And it went on for four quarters. And then the next two years, it was Brandon Allen's turn. Now, after Tyler Wilson, like I said, he put up some numbers, took a beating, put up numbers. The next year, Brandon Allen, 10 for 18 for 60 yards, no touchdowns and two picks, and he was assaulted all night long. The next year, Brandon Allen, 7 for 25 for 91 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, assaulted all night long. And I had remembered, I was watching, like I said, the Mississippi State game a second time, and I was like, I see this. I've seen this before. I recognize this. Where? Oh, Tyler Wilson. And that's when I went back. I Now a full decade. And against a good Arkansas team, a really good Arkansas team, got as high as number two or three. It was, it was decided against a very good SEC opponent. That game was decided by the Alabama pass rush. Now, where is the pass rush today? It's not as good as it was in 2000. The, the entire defense and the game of football almost makes it impossible to be so. But where's the Alabama pass rush today? We know what Will Anderson is. Beyond him, it is it is probably safe to say beyond Will Anderson and without Chris Allen, it would be average. Fedarian Mathis, been real good up front, and that's a different sort of challenge because quarterbacks are taught to step up in the pocket and when you have an interior defensive lineman who can crush the pocket. That changes everything. It's called assignment conflict. It's called you put the quarterback in a position where I'm always taught, all right, if the pass rush comes up, my assignment, step, climb the pocket, step forward. Oh, I just stepped into Padarian Mathis. Drew Sanders coming back, that's going to help. But he's not Chris Allen as a pass rusher. I will give you one caveat. If you are a Bama fan, 
and you are looking for some additional good news, there is at least a chance that Chris Allen is back for the postseason, whatever that entails for Alabama. And I think it's going to include an SEC championship game in five weeks. That's what I think. I think Alabama is going to represent the West. And so at that point, brother, that's the postseason. And I have been told there's a chance. Now, there's also a different postseason. There's the postseason that is about three and a half weeks after the SEC championships with a heck of a lot more time to rest and rehab and recover and get ready and condition and all of that. Three and a half more weeks. So maybe if Chris Allen comes back, it'll be more of a New Year's Eve, January thing than a December, what, December 3rd, whenever the SEC title game is. But. That one little hanging out there bonus that could just drop out of the sky. All right. You just walk outside and in manna, whew, there it is. Except it's not a little piece of cake. It's a linebacker and a pass rusher. So that could be on the horizon. And at that point, you're talking about the Alabama defense, which has been correctly criticized so far this season. Folks, you got a pass rush. It t- it turns everything. It makes everything else on that side of the ball easy because that is your one chance to really play good defense in 2021. Hit the quarterback, and Bama can still do that. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. And uh, he started talking about bringing this show, bringing Garth Brooks just, Garth and a guitar, to people. He said it was something he thought people should hear. That was sweet. I told him he couldn't afford me. (laughs) I was wrong. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks speaking, oh, about 10, 12 years ago um, after he had retired, and and it was real. It was Barry Sanders' retirement. And then Steve Wynn, owner of the Wynn Resorts in Las Vegas, came calling and said, hey, uh, I'd like you to come out of retirement. And he told the story there. He said, you can't afford me. And, well, it turns out Steve Wynn could afford him. Uh, If you didn't see the deal at the Encore, It was a three-year deal that extended to a five-year deal. And thoughts are that total compensation, $364 million. Plus, Steve Wynn threw in a $15 million jet as a bonus to ferry him, Garth Brooks, back and forth from Oklahoma to Vegas every Sunday. So Garth Brooks says, I told you you can't afford me. I was wrong. There's a huge story yesterday involving college football and the NFL, but it was missing one thing, an actual story. Here's what I was told was a story, and then I was instructed to care about it. Carson Palmer said to Dan Patrick, quote, Mike Tomlin is a wild card candidate for UFC if he wants out of Pittsburgh. There you go. That's it. All right. Mike Tomlin offered a college head coaching job. Story. Mike Tomlin accepting a head coaching job. Another story. Mike Tomlin being asked about taking a college job in response to a former player mentioning his name. Not a story. And his response was a bit self-important and serious, and it could also easily be incorrect. 
if you did not see Mike Tomlin's response, I have one of the best jobs in all of sports. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? This will be the last time I address it, and not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Anybody else got any questions about college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Thank you. Anybody, and there were no more questions. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? Anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? And then he stood up and walked out. I don't know why Mike Tomlin got so heated. I don't know what point he's, and I'm, by the way, I'm the biggest Mike Tomlin fan there is. The Steelers, if they hire you, good enough for me. Do you realize the Steelers, they're an NFL franchise. They've had three head coaches since before the moon landing. Total, three. And he's one of them. Love him. I have no idea what point he's making about Andy Reid and Sean Payton. And then he was so ticked, he stood up and walked off. Ain't a booster with a large enough blank check. That's not true. I have a buddy of mine. He graduated from a really, really good school that I probably could have gotten into, but I don't know if I would have cared to. And he's an engineer. And he builds bridges. And then he got offered a job in Dubai. And he's like, I ain't going to Dubai. You know where he lives right now? Dubai. (laughs) There's not a booster, Mike Tomlin, please. So I'm not saying you'll ever coach in college. I'm I'm not saying that, that, that you should stay in the NFL. I'm saying that the response was a bit much. And there's chances flat out accurate because as Garth Brooks just told us, Hey, I'm retired. You can't afford. Oh, well, I guess you can't afford me. Dan Matthews, how you doing today? Uh, very well. You know what I actually took from that from yesterday, the part that you just brought up there where he said, I got one of the best jobs. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? You ever seen the movie Private Parts, the Howard Stern <laughs> movie? And Paul Giamatti's character, they call him Pig Vomit. He's the program director there at WNBC. And he is talking about, you know, where he was before. And he goes, that's chicken bleep radio where you were. That's Mike Tomlin yesterday. It's basically the way that NFL coaches look at college coaches and the development and everything they have coming up absolutely and it reminds me so much of remember when Greg Schiano was coaching with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they played against the New York Giants and there was a kneel down situation at the end and his guys fired off the ball so of course Eli Manning and everybody for the Giants is like the hell's happening here I remember I remember Mm -hmm. when he went to the go to the midfield uh, the handshake with Tom Coughlin Coughlin wagged his finger at him basically we don't do that around here so there is still very very much, at least from those comments. That's what I took yesterday from Mike Tomlin saying that, that it is very much a, hey, we'll come to your pro days. We'll come speak at your coaching clinics. But aside from that, we're doing big boy stuff up here. You guys down there, just continue doing what you're doing and have our guys ready for the draft. Yeah, absolutely true. And with Mike Tomlin, um, it's it's funny that you look at it that that, that he may look at it that way. Uh, he does have one of the best jobs in professional sports, and I'm sure he's talking about you know the Rooney family, et cetera, et cetera, um, and the fact that you can win and they're dedicated. And they're, well, there's a lot of places in college football that you add recruiting in there and a bunch of other dynamics, and you take away a lot from the NFL uh, that you're required to do. Do, then it's his perfectly own version of a great job, especially one that you'd be paying five and a half, six, six and a half, seven, whatever the millions of dollars a year uh, are. Mike Tomlin is not going to be looking around for a paycheck. He doesn't have to be motivated by money, but I just thought it was a really, really 
misplaced um, bit of emotion from him uh, yesterday when he was responding to a guy who literally all he did was ask a question. Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. It's a Wednesday, and this is the Chuck Oliver Show. Well, that means Chris Landry going to come calling, and that is right now. Folks, I told you, I try to be a responsible uh, citizen and spend my money wisely. I uh, have memberships at exactly two websites that do totally different things. Uh, the Athletic, which I buy into, and then LandryFootball.com, which I buy into as well. Uh, it is the number one site for me. Athletic, you roll out of bed, and you're going to read like a 15-minute story about how somebody assembled their coaching staff and the conversations and all that. Not exactly what you're getting from LandryFootball.com. Man, it is hardcore, down-the-line information. Uh, college, pro, high school recruiting, all the way to Super Bowl Sunday, coaching changes, you name it. Want to welcome on right now man who's had every role you can with a college program or a pro franchise it is chris landry chris how are you man chuck i'm doing well hope you're doing well i know you're busy i am and it's good times uh busy's good let's talk about landryfootball.com i was there this morning hey scouts uh, hey game previews hey game recaps uh football season you're working about 25 hours a day eight days a week yeah it's 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 really busy it's a good busy uh the days it's amazing it's monday morning and it's like it seemed like monday morning was like maybe eight hours ago and it's wednesday and i'm talking to you it just they just run into to one another and uh the it's just really you know like the coaching world that i've spent so much of my time in and the scouting world it just it's one continuum of work and it's about basically in the early part of the week recapping all the games inside the film room getting that up for the folks to to absorb and have and then obviously starting the previews for this coming week and uh, as the season goes along you've got obviously college and nfl that that we're involved in doing and got recruiting early signing day we now have coaching searches which I not only cover that, but I, but it's a big part of what I do in my consulting business. Um, so it's, it's a very busy time. It's only going to get busier with the coaching searches just kind of coming uh, and coming and coming. What's going on in Baton Rouge along those lines? Well, it's look, the process is, you know, ongoing with Scott. I think he's got to talk with, you know, I, Basically, a, a lot of what I think you have to do in these situations, you're not going to get a whole lot from the school other than maybe some conversation asking, at least in my role, asking about certain guys. But um, it's more about what you're hearing from the other side. Now, agents are you got to be careful with agents, but I deal you with them a, a lot. An agenda. They do. But a lot of it is, you know, I help them out. And so you you know, clearly you, I try to keep that under hat and because you can't necessarily verify it. I've got, there are three head coaches that feel like, um, that I've spoken with personally that feel like they, uh, got a great chance to get the job. Um, I just, you know, to me, it's about what they're able to, to get done with the initial list. And I think they have a good feeling of who will take the job, but, it's it's not where they want to go at this point. And as we talked about it last week, I think it's just a matter of figuring out 
you know, who they can get and and how that's going to work out and the timing and everything. Uh, but, yeah, and then, you know, certainly it's about kind of uh, probably if it's – I don't think there's going to get anybody that's going to completely satisfy everyone because everyone's expecting just the grandiose guy. And then if you throw out the grandiose guy, well, we don't want him. So there's there's no one that's going to satisfy it. The only thing that's going to satisfy is if the guy has success once he's here. Well, let's jump onto the field and um, tell me the shot. Tell me how it could happen with Florida in Jacksonville on Saturday. How how, how could that happen? What's your scenario if you have one? Uh, not a Beyond real good like one. Georgia's but... minus three in turnovers, you know, something like that. Yeah, well, that, that's going to have to be a part of it. Florida's going to have to play loose. Dan is going to have to be, you know, challenged. Hey, look, I'm I'm going to put together a great game plan. I'm going to be very aggressive. I'm going to take a lot of chances. Uh, if you do that, and maybe you know, there there turnovers that are unforced turnovers, and then there are forced turnovers. I think they're going to have to play very well on defense. They're going to have to take a lot of chances, maybe create, um, you know, an extra possession, and going to have to control the football a little bit. How do you do that? I think you're going to. Ha- it's going to be very difficult to control it, but I think you're going to have to work the edges a little bit. Uh, I think you're going to have to work the quarterback in the run game, which they can do. Um, Can you score quick enough? Can you score enough? Can you get enough of a short field? I don't see this Florida team going the length of the field like it did against Alabama or in a couple of other games that they've had this year. In short, it's going to have to be the best game that Florida has played, and Georgia's going to have to be off the mark. Georgia's going to have to be out of rhythm. But defensive-oriented teams don't lose rhythm. Uh, You're just going to have to score cheap points and then force the offense of Georgia to be challenged, play from behind, make mistakes, because that's the formula to beat Georgia. It's it's a, it's a difficult one, but that's the formula. All right, I'll give you every disclaimer. I mean, Florida 1 through 85, they have talent. They're well coached, all of that stuff. They're not winning on Saturday. If, you, if I'm at the window with a Franklin in my hand, they ain't winning. Um, and so that if that is how it turns out, Chris, that means Florida's staring at 4-4. Four and four. And they're two and four in the conference. Um, tell me how you think Dan Mullen's going to handle that because I'm a big fan of his, but I also know he doesn't handle criticism very well. Um, and it's coming. And my understanding is the fan base, there are plenty of folks in that fan base who are already looking at Dan Mullen going, oh my gosh, what's wrong with our coach? Well, that's exactly right. There's a lot of frustration. Look, the, their best win this year is their loss to Florida. I mean, lost to Alabama. Bama. That's it. That's the, that's the best performance. That's what they're hanging their hat on all year long. I, I think this game could get ugly, and if it does, it's going to create a negative environment. Look, I'm not saying that a close loss, a moral victory, is going to satisfy the fan base. It will not. But getting blown out uh, will be a uh, – a, a, a unmitigated disaster with a fan base that's already said, uh, well, he's going to have to do A, B, and C. Fire Todd Granham. He's going to have to change his recruiting. He's going to have to make changes on his staff to improve recruiting. He's got, I mean, it's like, it, it's either that or you, we're coming for you. And I think a lot of people are, I would not, not be an exaggeration to say that if there's not significant changes and improvements next year, that we're talking about Dan Mullen um, not being on the hot seat, but not having a seat. It's it's that hot right now, and I 
I'm with you. I think that it's going to be a loss. I think it could be a decisive loss, and that's where it's headed right now. So the, the frustration level is at a fever pitch over there. I'd say more than anybody else's right now in the conference. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Knoxville and, again, what they're doing correct. And I realize that, you know what I have I've caught myself? I am the most bottom line, Chris. You win or you don't. You win titles or you don't. I have caught myself giving so many programs credit for playing well, like close losses. And so here I am again going, hey, let's, let's wax about the Vols. Yes, after another loss. They lost to Ole Miss, and we talked about how well the defense played. They lose to Alabama, and I'm, wow, what a game effort from the Vols. It's Tennessee in the SEC, Chris. You're supposed to win in addition to playing well. But, I, I mean, given where the program is right now, give me some of your year one impressions of Josh Heupel. Well, that's exactly it. It's year one. I mean, it's it's the true honeymoon period. Uh, I think the expectations have been lowered. I mean, if you think about it, and I'm not selling that he was the answer. I don't think he was. But if you look at the record of Butch Jones, that's as good as they've been in a long time. And they're not going to get there. I mean, they're not going to be quite that. But that's where they were expecting to be good, and Butch couldn't do it enough. Now, if you take the Butch Jones record with Josh, with the exciting style, they're in love with it. They really think they've got something. But you hit on something that's really – no, I think that they've done a nice job. I think they're competitive. Um, you know, they don't want to say it. They'll never say it. It is moral victories. Now, where is this going to be two years from now when it's still – it's 8-4 and four and they're not good enough on defense because their style of play is going to limit them? And everybody thinks, well, they don't have enough players on defense. And that's – when they do that, they're going to be able to win this and win the East. I, I still think that – it's an excitement level, kind of like everyone was excited about Arkansas last year. They're still excited about them, but now they're wondering, well, what would happen? Well, you played a difficult string of teams that you're not as good at. I think that's where Tennessee's headed. I think it's a positive this year, but yeah, it is a lot of moral victories. I think it's going to be a game that's going to be intriguing coming up when they get Kentucky um, because I think Kentucky is a physical team and um, it's going to be a challenge for Kentucky to score a lot of points, but can they run the football on Tennessee? I think you can. They lose that. Then all of a sudden they're going to say, well, whoa, we're losing to Kentucky again. Then Georgia comes in. You know, if you if you play well, I mean, I don't know that that's going to do it quite so much against Kentucky. Playing well against Alabama, trust me, they can sit there, blame the officials, and say, we played well enough, and had it not been for this and that. Yeah, that suffices for right now, but yep. I'm with you. Long term, it won't be. All right, one more SEC program I want to ask you about, and it's the Auburn Tigers. They got Ole Miss this Saturday, and then, hey, fun, College Station, Mississippi State, Bama, blah, blah, blah. So I have no idea what the record's going to be, but I'm saying, like, right now, Chris, last week of October, based on what you have watched from Auburn, Tell me how it looks to you, because it looks more bricks and mortar than like shifting sand and smoke and mirrors and everything with all the motion and the gusts and everything. It just looks like a more sound approach, and it looks like the, that, that they're actually improving, especially on the O-line. They are improving. The O-lines run blocked well. I think the pass protection and the fact the use of tight ends and how they've been able to run the football gives a clean pocket for Bo Nix to operate in which he's been 
you know, a lot more successful when he's got a clean pocket. The key is that. That's the key to getting to them. Slowing down the run game, you know, pushing the pocket on Bo Nix, that's the key. I think the defense has been at times very good, at times just okay. Uh, I do see improvement. This is going to be an intriguing matchup because they're going to want to run the football on Ole Miss. They need to run the football on Ole Miss. That's going to be the key to success. They are not are going to be successful in a shootout game. Um, they've got to be able to run the football and, and and win and get off the field a little bit defensively. And I think they've got a chance. I, I think they really do. You got to defend the quarterback in the run game. That's what made that's what's made Ole Miss a little bit different this year. And when they when Ole Miss has struggled, say even last year against Arkansas, yeah. it's because they tried to throw the football against that split safety look. And now they're just letting the quarterback run with it, not throw it. So. Um, you know, assuming he's healthy, and even if he's not healthy, he's still going to run it. That's going to be the key. I think it's the most intriguing game of the weekend inside the league. Folks, I only give you this for a couple of minutes, one day a week. You can get it seven days a week, around the clock, if you want to, LandryFootball.com. We will break. Chris, we're going to come back, jump into the ACC, maybe ask you about a little OU, a little Ohio State. We'll get everything we can. That's next with Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. The king of college football no matter where you go with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. football on the chuck oliver show that is what we do appreciate everybody joining us and it's a wednesday it's hour one that means chris landry from landryfootball.com if you go to landryfootball.com and you're thinking i listen to him on chuck show that sounds like pretty good stuff right down the side like the first thing you see on the right side says football season sale 50 percent off you can get a lower price than i got so go to landryfootball.com like i said you get this all day all season long. Uh, Chris, let's jump into the ACC, and I did not expect to ask you about this, but tell me the threat level Saturday in Clemson. FSU coming in, and I will say they are salty. They like to bully people a little bit on the lines of scrimmage. They're not a great team. They're not anywhere close to perfect, but they're a lot different and more sound than they were even like maybe a month ago. Yeah, and they're playing with confidence. And, you know, I'm not going to sell 59 to 3 over UMass as they figure no. things out. But what they are able to do is I think they're they're playing a little bit better together up front in the offensive line where the real issue, where the real issue has been for them. I still think it's difficult to, you know, to move the football against this Clemson defense. But you just hit on something is right now Clemson can't do anything offensively. Well, by definition, if you can't score a lot of points, it's going to be a close game, and you're going to have a shot. Um, so, yeah, I, the fact that there's a quote-unquote shot, I can't believe I'm saying it. I don't think it's going to happen. But, yeah, certainly if you're able to get some big plays, Jordan Travis, and certainly I think the backs have gotten better, and I think the offensive line, you know, Purdy they played. They played a number of guys, and I think they're they're rallying around the football on defense. Look, create a couple of short fields, some turnovers. This, uh, this Clemson's offense is really struggling, not playing with confidence. I could see this game being for a while, but if they lose this one, 
Clemson that is. I mean, it's bad. I've done a write-up in the, uh, the, the, the breakdowns of a big picture. I thought it was more, let's look at the big picture of Clemson's problems, how they've gotten here and how they get out of it. But they don't have a lot of answers, and they're not doing a good job of coaching around some of the issues that they have. They have receivers that can't get open. You know, the quarterback play, we know what that is in the offensive line, but it's not like they're devoid of talent. They're also not doing a very good job of coaching, and it's what I've said all along about Dabo. He doesn't have the people in place that can make those decisions. That's not Dabo's strengths as an X is an O guy. So, they're seeing it right now. They're feeling it right now on the offensive side of the ball. And it's affecting the defense because they can only hold on for so long. All right, let's talk uh, Saturday night in the Big Ten main event, Penn State at Ohio State. Boy, uh, the Buckeyes, we were already shoveling some dirt after Minnesota played a good half and then they lost to what turns out to be maybe a top ten, top five team in Oregon. Um, Buckeyes look a lot like the Buckeyes now, don't they? They're playing as good good offense is anybody in college football. There's there's nobody that's just playing better in terms of hitting on all cylinders. And, you know, they've got the, I think the, the best receiving core in the country. They have the best offensive line in the country. That's finally playing like it. They've got a great running back. The quarterback's playing with confidence um, so they can make explosive plays. They can run it. They can throw it. They can run some RPO, some zone read. There are a lot of ways in which they can get you out of sorts on defense. Defensively, they're getting better. They've got some defensive line uh, linemen that can play and get upfield, set the edge. They're doing a better job with the run fits. I still don't think they're great at linebacker. Um, but they can play. I think that uh, this is, you know, going to be about their offense and trying to play good situational defense. It's going to be hard, I think, for anybody to beat them in the Big Ten. I don't see it uh, happening, and uh, I didn't see it at the beginning of the year. But as you mentioned, there was reasons to question it early on. Not so much now. I don't see anybody really having much of a chance. And no, that includes the unbeaten Michigan State Spartans and the unbeaten Michigan Wolverines. I don't think they match up all that well. We'll see. We'll handle that at the end of the year. But this is a good team. Uh, They may be the second best team in the country. Third best, definitely. They're one of the top four, clearly. There's only three of the top four right now I could give you, honestly, on film. Want to ask you about OU before I let you run and how Lincoln Riley has handled the quarterback position. Um, I've always said that there needs to be a certain coldness in how you coach. Um, I'm thinking, I'm trying to remember, I think it was Taylor Mays, if you remember him at Southern Cal. Yes. Um, he, just looked, he looked like the perfect prospect at safety. And I'm trying to remember, like he said, showing up for his last season, he's like, I'm an All-American. And Pete Carroll looks at this freshman and said, he's better, he plays. He was like, I had to go back out there and take my job. Um I respect Lincoln Riley looking at who was supposed to be the first overall pick and Heisman this, and it was like, yeah, this other kid's better for our offense he plays. Um, Tell me what you think the potential is for Oklahoma as we get through the – because they've been playing with matches all season, but they keep winning. Yeah, they are. Um, Look, you can look at the the Kansas game and say, well, early game against Kansas, but that's how they played all year. So you really can't justify – look, I think Caleb gives them – more um, more spark in the run game. And, and there's no question that it creates a lot more spacing in the passing game in which to make plays. But I don't see the consistency there. And I'm really concerned uh, defensively. The whole cell, all oh, they're better this year. They, they're, they're not good. They don't play well on the back end. Now, they're banged up. They're, they're just 
they, to me, that's why I said they're three teams. Oklahoma is a good team that might be able to get through their schedule and beat. And I say might. Uh, they they take care of Oklahoma State every year. But Oklahoma State and Iowa State are the same type of team. And at the end of the year, if they get by Baylor, um, they got, you know, Tech and, you know, got to buy Then if, if they get by Baylor and Waco, which is not a given, but that three-game stretch, it's going to be tough for them to stay unbeaten. Uh, I think – I don't think they're good enough to advance in the playoffs. Again, um, e- even if they get better, I think they've got a long way to go to catch the, the – well, in my opinion, the top three teams in the country. Chris, I always appreciate the input, man. Uh, tell everybody about the website again and what they need to do. LandryFootball.com. Everything's there. All the shells that we have for you – all the film room breakdowns, all the the news and notes around uh, the coaching searches, the inside information, the notebooks every day. We got it all for you. Very simple. Go to LandryFootball.com. It's all there. Chris, appreciate your time every single week, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. All right, Chris Landry again, LandryFootball.com. So, yeah, they got Texas Tech on Saturday. And, again, I'm talking about OU. I mean, how good do you have to be to win at home against a Texas Tech team that you're better than and fired their coach earlier this week. That's what you're looking at as the matchup this coming week for the Sooners. And throughout the West of that conference, I mean, we've seen Texas have a loss and then bad loss. So Iowa State have a loss, bad loss. Uh, West Virginia has some bad losses. Oklahoma State finally goes down. I mean, they're, you, you look around and a lot of the other programs kind of eliminated themselves in Oklahoma, who honestly – Oklahoma could have, I don't know, a loss. They could be like uh, Ohio State had a loss early in the season, but, boy, they've rebounded. They could have had a loss early in the season and then a second and then a third. They could be Clemson right now. How did, I mean, where was the blowout loss for Clemson? There wasn't. Oklahoma? They've had at least three games where you're looking at it going, yeah, literally one more play the other way now. The bottom line is you either make the play or you don't, and you either win or you don't. They're going back and saying, well, change one day. You see Dan Mullen the other day? If you, I'm not making this up. If you change three plays, there's a chance we're undefeated this season. We're sitting at 7-0. and Yes, Dan, there is. And if you change three more, you could have a couple of more losses as well. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.